What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. This is a place where we expand our knowledge on what it takes to be successful in an ever-expanding world of content creation. Join me as I sit down with individuals sharing their success stories and tips that help them get over the hurdles they faced on their journey to creation success. All right, let's create. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. I will be your host, Patrick Conway, also known in other circles as Jaxus. Today, I will be talking with co-creator and co-host of the Dragon Age Lorecast. They have over 60,000 downloads, and the Assassin's Creed Lorecast has got around 30,000 downloads-ish around there. Uh, my guest has uh, even had the honor to interview Dragon Age author E.K. Johnston during her show. Her shows regularly rank within the top 100 of video game podcasts. Please give me a warm welcome to Shelby Rue Teagarden, also known as Sheikah. Hello. Hello. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, I'm so, so glad I have you here today. If you've heard any of my shows, I don't really beat around the bush much. I try to get right into the questions because I want everybody to get to know you and get to know all your little secrets on how you were so successful because... You guys are extremely successful. From what I've been able to ascertain, it looks like you guys like average like 6,000 downloads a month. You know, you guys have had 1,000 downloads in one day. I mean, that's that's some pretty cool accolades. And that's what I'm here today is um, this is so that people can get an idea of how can you progress quickly? Mm. What is it that you do to do these things? And, you know, because a lot of these people are starting out and they're thinking, just turn it on and go. Uh, in some ways that that is partially what we do we do just turn it on and go but there is a plan mm -hmm. you know there's always a plan you got to have a plan all right so uh my first question is is what first inspired you to get into content creation yeah that's a really great question and one i love to answer because it was accidental um so i got into dragon age dragon age lorecast was our first show and I got into Dragon Age during the pandemic, like during quarantine and stuff. And Austin had basically, Austin is my husband, and he had basically been trying to get me to play Dragon Age for uh, probably a couple years at that point. And so I finally did because I just had all this extra time during the pandemic. And I loved Dragon Age so much. And so I started reading all the novels and the comic books and all the like extra source material that they have. And so then we just started like nerding out about the lore all the time at home. And he one day was just joking around and said, we should start a podcast on this or something. And I was like, no, actually, we should do that. Like I took it seriously, even though he meant it as a joke. And so we started looking into it and he had found... um 
the Robots Radio Network recently, I think through um, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast or, or one of the other Lorecasts. And so um, eventually we were like, yeah, we made the decision. We're like, yeah, we want to, we really want to do this. And so that's how we started Dragon Age. Um, and we have several other podcasts now. Um, and so we just kind of started expanding into some of the other fandoms we really love. So that's kind of how I got into all this. Uh, speaking of which, uh, how much influence has Robots Radio Network been on the success of your show? And can you explain a little bit on what Robots Radio Network is and who Tom is and, you know, what he's about, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, Tom is like amazing um if you are part of the robots radio network you totally know what i'm talking about um but tom has a program called the rocket club which is basically a program for new podcasts um to to get support and to get launched off the off the ground and you know i didn't really know anything about podcasting i knew a lot about research i knew a lot about public speaking but i didn't know anything about how to translate those skills into podcasting and so tom really helped me and austin bridge that gap of knowledge um and i mean it's just invaluable i think they have I don't know how many people he has in his Discord server these days, but it's a ton of people. And thousands. so to automatically, yeah, thousands. So to automatically get not necessarily those people built in as an audience, but to be able to present your show to that group of people like as a baseline is so helpful when you're building an audience and you're building a community. And so to me, I mean, Tom has been just an invaluable wealth of knowledge and he never is... Like for some content creators, I have found some people want to be kind of like, well, I have my secrets. I have my secrets of the trade and I want to keep those to myself. Tom is absolutely not that way at all. He very much wants to share everything he knows and um, help you build your podcast to be the most successful that it can be. See, I, I'm not the only one that's tooting Tom's horn. <laughs> I, I do it all the time when I'm on these shows and I'm like, well, maybe somebody else can you know throw that on there and uh, he's been invaluable to me mm -hmm. you know in so many ways him and uh, you know some of the other creators like lawrence mm -hmm. is a big mentor of mine you know of uh the modus files so i yeah. mean it's like i get so much from you guys like i mean all of you guys almighty crit little shout out to him because he's always he's the one that got me to get the right microphone you know that mm -hmm. was a big deal um but so what was the hardest hurdle you had getting started as a content creator and how did you overcome it? Mm, I mean, I think there've been a lot of different challenges and I think first, the biggest one at first was really getting your mind around all the audio. Like if that is not anything you've ever had to figure out before, it can be a really big barrier, um, especially the editing and all the like tech stuff on the website side, like getting your, your um, RSS feed like uploaded to Apple, that kind of stuff is pretty technical and was hard for me at first. Um, but I will say I am a um, copywriter and like editor by my actual profession in real life. And so I'm kind of that nerdy editing brain. So once I like figured out how to understand and how to do editing for the shows, I got it really quickly. Um, so that was a hurdle at the beginning, but is not one anymore. Um, so I think that was probably one of the hardest things at first. Was getting around the the editing and how to 
the how-to yes. part. Yeah, yes. it, it, I think that's probably a, a similar hurdle that a lot of the listeners are getting into. And uh, yeah. that actually kind of leads into some of my next questions is, one, for sound quality, what kind of microphone do you prefer to use? Um, I just have a basic USB condenser mic. I don't remember the exact brand it is, um, but... So uh, to me, the microphone is important, yes, but at the end of the day, you can spend like $60, I think is what I spent on my mic, all the way up to like, you could spend $1,000 on 200. a mic. 200. <laughs> right. But at yeah. some level, like it, it's going to, there's going to be a baseline of like, okay, this mic is good quality. It does not have to be perfect quality for your listeners and that's okay. Um, and so something I do, um, my father-in-law is, is in the audio industry. And so he really has helped me a lot with understanding compression and those kinds of things when I'm editing. And so like compression, noise gate filters, like those kinds kind of things really help in the post production side of things where like if you do have a mic that's not you know top notch quality that can help you um so I started with I, a snowball <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's just a little round ball and it was uh so you got unidirectional and omnidirectional. Well, right. all right, so my old microphone got sound from everywhere. So if my kid would walk in the room or if I had a fan like literally this little tiny fan right here that if I put against there, you can hear it. Now, if I have it sitting here on the thing, you can't hear anything at all. My right. old microphone would have picked up every bit of that. Oh, wow. It would just be like, do the whole thing. So that's one thing you get from a $60 microphone sometimes. But mm -hmm. if you get the right directional microphones, like this one right here is, it hears what comes out of my mouth and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was the big deal for me. And so that was, but in post-production, you can eliminate a lot of those things, like you were saying, through editing. Now, um, I use Audacity. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, Audacity is kind of a hammer, you know, because there are certain elements of Audacity that that isn't so like fine-tunish in comparison to some of these other ones. But uh, what do you use for editing your programs? So right now I use GarageBand um, because I have a Mac and I am, I recently got access to Adobe Audition. So I've been kind of testing the waters on that. I, I'm not super fluent in that program yet, uh, but I really, I have enjoyed it so far, but usually my go-to is GarageBand. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, how did I interview that has Mac that also did the same thing? Oh, uh, once upon, Brad, once upon a wasteland. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a Mac dude. And uh, he, I don't think he used, did he use GarageBand? He used another program, but he was very sold on it. He was trying to get me to buy a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mac people will do that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. I'm PC all the way. <laughs> so um, so you've, you're testing the waters with Adobe. A lot of people use mm -hmm. Adobe. A lot of people enjoyed it. Um. I've been using, actually, strangely enough, I kind of mix it up between uh, using uh, DaVinci Resolve, which is a video editing program, mm -hmm. and then I use Audacity to tighten up some of the sound quality, because I do a lot of videos as well and post them on YouTube now, which cool. kind of makes it where I got two venues for the... Right. You know, yeah. have you guys done anything like that? Are you guys no. on YouTube? 
I mean, we we would like to, but with just two full-time jobs and three podcasts, it is sometimes just too much to do everything you want to do. So I'm like, well, maybe one day, maybe one of these days. Play around with it because you might find that it's easier than you think Mm -hmm. because you can actually do two-in-one kind of thing. Like you can actually do the editing for your video and then convert your video into audio. So okay. It, yeah, that that'll help you out, especially if you learn how to do the video editing side of things, yeah. and then the just slight touch-ups on the other one. You might find that might be easier, and the listeners are listening. So hey, there's yeah. another <laughs> there's another tip you can spread out. So here's a question I had for you: Is what do you think you guys did that was different that helped you gain such a large growth so quickly? Yeah, um, I think honestly. And I, I guess I would have two different answers depending on the two different podcasts. So for Assassin's Creed, I'll answer it first, just because we kind of lucked out with timing, to be honest. Um, we we started the Assassin's Creed lore cast. Um, I think that Valhalla had, had just come out or was maybe had been out for a few months mm-hmm. and they were releasing a new DLC, I think is actually where we were at. So we released that with a release and then about two months ago they had their ubisoft uh showcase and they announced like four new games of assassin's creed and so there's been a huge amount of hype just all around the assassin's creed community lately and we had our our download numbers jump from like around 4,000 monthly had been happening for a couple months, some steady growth, but like very consistent, manageable growth, not anything like, oh, wow, I noticed that amount is huge now. And then we jumped in one month from 4,000 to 6,700 downloads. So that's a a 2,000, almost 3,000 downloads extra that we jumped um, because of the Ubisoft showcase. And then yesterday, or maybe the day before, we had almost 1,000 downloads just like randomly in the Assassin's Creed Lordcast. And we have no idea where it came from. Uh, Could be from Spotify recommending us, could be from you know, something else, but it was all organic growth. So part of that, I think, is just with the community has been really active lately and then with dragon age it's totally different um because dragon age hasn't had a game come out since 2014 so tom when we first started it was like um you might find this community's a little bit dead you know there hasn't been a game in a long time who knows when the next one's gonna come out kind of thing and we were like okay well we love this community like we're not doing it for the numbers we just really want to talk about the lore of dragon age and found out the community is very active still 10 years Mm -hmm. almost 10 years later and is definitely the most active fandom of all of our podcasts and so that's number one. And we just got really, really into the fandom in Twitter circles, especially. And even now, even though the Assassin's Creed lore cast is, is about to and sometimes does overtake Dragon Age in numbers, our Twitter presence is still eclipses uh, the Assassin's Creed presence always. So like we have almost 600 followers, I think, in Dragon Age on Twitter and Assassin's Creed doesn't even have 200, even though like the downloads are 
almost equal. So the social media community for Dragon Age was a huge help. And I will say we were also shouted out by several, several huge Dragon Age creators like Andoratea, um, Katie from Split the Veil. Um, so a couple of them, they really, really shouted us out and helped us get started in the community too. Sounds like a just a solid community of people that just love Dragon Age and probably mm -hmm. felt your genuineness. I think that's one thing that a lot of podcasters kind of don't understand is you don't just pick something and go with it. You got to have some sort of passion for it, too. You know, I've done so many different like I, I love Fallout. And that's what I, I kind of hooked my train on to is, you know, us in the Fallout Roundtable. Um I think that's kind of what helped get me back into doing media altogether. But, you know, there's so many other interests I've had, but it's like, how big is that interest? In, and then is there an audience for it? Sometimes you got to put it out there and just see, you know, yeah. yeah. sometimes that's how it works. And then don't be afraid to cut it loose if it's not doing something, mm -hmm. you know, yes, uh, to much. me, that to me, I think some people try to hold on to something and it's completely unnecessary, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that, you know, Maple Story podcast wasn't really going like it was supposed to, you know. <laughs> Is there any advice that you would give to new podcasters to help them grow their podcast quickly? Like, do you think there's something mm -hmm. that you can actually that's tangible that they could do to see instant growth? Well, I think there are a lot of things. I think number one is don't focus on the numbers. Uh, that's always been my priority. I, I would love to have like a podcast that does hundreds of thousands every week. That would be amazing. Um, but that's to me, that's not what it's about. That's not my goal is numbers. That's not at all my goal. My goal is to build a community and of people who love Dragon Age, who love video games and who want to spend time together. And so for me, that's my number one goal is to focus on the community, to focus on the listeners that you do have. Have because I feel like if you're always focusing on people that aren't listening, the people that do listen are going to feel a little bit left out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to me, I I prefer to focus on the people that do listen to our show. That's why I don't sweat bad reviews. Um, usually, like there's always the few that get to you, but um, to me, it's it's focus on the people that are there. But also, you have to be consistent. Um, you can't just put out one episode on one. Monday and then like 12 weeks later, put out another episode on a Friday and have no consistency whatsoever. You need to have a regular schedule. Weekly is probably the best in my experience, but as, as much as you can handle, I think it's better to have a regular consistent podcast that comes out once a month or every two weeks than having to constantly cancel your weekly podcast because you can't handle the workload. Um, so I think consistency is a really, really, really big thing. And then the last thing I would say is be okay with imperfections because you can play around with that editing forever. I want to get it perfect <laughs> and spend 20 hours editing a one hour episode, but that's not a productive use of your time. No one's going to notice if there's one extra second between, you know, you saying one sentence and before you go to the next, like people don't care about that. People care about the big things, not as much those 
teeny tiny little things. So be okay with imperfection. And for those of us who do podcasts as a passion project, I think it's really easy to get caught up in those like nitty gritty little details. And I have been guilty of that myself too, but it's okay because most of your listeners, they're not going to care. It's just, it's just the way it is. I think our first like four episodes, I spent like four hours editing them, getting all of the spaces right, making sure yeah. I got all the andums or the you knows and all or the weird, just weird noises. You would never <laughs> realize how many strange noises a human being makes during an hour long podcast. Mm-hmm. Then when you when you like boil it down, you got five different people in there. You know, in my case, you got like five different people in there and they're making all kinds of different noises. And then you realize. Oh, so and so does like yeah. every five minutes for whatever reason. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, what, what, what is that noise? Why do you do that? You know, um, but yeah, the, just the idioms that we do. And uh, yeah, don't waste your time on that. I totally agree. I mean, there's a lot of times where now, mind you, I still kind of go through and I'll I'll listen for some things that are kind of that might disrupt the conversation. Like sometimes somebody's not feeling well and they'll be coughing. Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes you can separate the audio, go in and eliminate the coughing sound that's happening while somebody's talking. You know, if somebody goes <clears throat> in the middle of a conversation and there's nothing else, eh, let, let, the, let, let the cough go, you know, unless yeah. it's 900 of them, who cares? You know, it's just right, life right. It, it proves you're human. <laughs> exactly. Like we're not perfect beings. It's not ever, nothing we ever do is going to be perfect. It's just the reality of like life on earth. So, well, not only that, but I think that gives character to what you're doing, you know, in a sense. Cause I mean, if it was so perfectly clean, it's like a commercial, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think they want, I don't think you want to listen to a commercial for 45 minutes. I think you want a little reality to it. Speaking no. of commercial, I'm going to go ahead and take my mid-break real quick and say thank you for listening to the show and thank you to all my Patreon listeners for your support. If you have not yet and would like to, please follow, like, subscribe, and be sure to write a review for my show so that I don't stay lost in the algorithm world floating in the, in the netherland. And uh, also send me an email with your comments and questions at ccreatorsguide at gmail.com, or you can also follow me at Twitter at ccreatorsguide. So, all right, folks, we will be right back after this message and a short clip from today's talent. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm your host, Maverick Stone. It's me, Gingerino42. I'm Roman. Hey, this is Sassy Lady. And I'm Jaxus. And we, we are the Fallout Rounding. Join us as we explore various topics from the Fallout universe brought from multiple perspectives. 
We can be found on your favorite podcatchers from Spotify to iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FalloutRTB or our email FalloutRTB at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, follow, and subscribe. Thank you. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Would you like to set up today's clip so that they have an idea of what they're getting into? Yeah, absolutely. So the clip from our season two of the Dragon Age lore cast and this uh, season, this episode was really special. Um, It was an interview with author E.K. Johnston and she is a pretty, not prolific author, but she's written a lot of different stuff, mostly um, young adult books and some Star Wars books, and she wants to become a Dragon Age author, so I hope Bioware um, hires her. I know that some stuff that she couldn't tell us when she was on the show, so we're crossing our fingers. We get some more Dragon Age content from her, but she's a really amazing author, and I first came into contact with her through Star Wars, but um, she's also a huge Dragon Age fan, so we got to talk to her about how she came to love Dragon Age and all of that kind of stuff, ask her a few questions, and talk about one of her favorite characters in Dragon Age, who is Sarah. Awesome. Let's go ahead and take a look at the clip. Um, I, I have a gift for picking, like, if there's three dialogue options, that will be the good the good ending, and one that will screw you over. I excel at picking that one. Like, I'm <laughs> really good at it. Uh, so I did have to kill Fenris the first time through. Um, but we get better. Uh, <laughs> you live yeah. and you learn. <laughs> so. So our next question is obviously you are you write for Star Wars and other books and things. So what from Dragon Age from a narrative perspective, what do you think is the most compelling? I think for me, what's the most compelling is the unreliability of the historical narrative. Hmm. So when you go back, for example, and you listen to Morrigan tell the story of her mother, tell the story of Flemeth you're like, oh my God, every single part of this is true. It just took place over a much longer time period than we were aware of. Because when you get the rest of it from Solus later on, um, it's like this huge difference. And even though it's also kind of the same, like her relationship with the elves and how she became a fall in the first place, like all that kind of stuff. And um, I love the like, complete unreliability of literally everything (laughs) like um and I also think uh so that that just makes sort of like an interesting place to tell stories an interesting world to tell stories but I think the thing that makes um for fascinating individual and personal stories um is that pretty much every single system they've ever implemented in Thetis was a good idea at the time Mm. um but it has become really bad mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh like right from like the veil right on down to like the templars like everything that they've ever tried to do worked and then it just got like it had too many secrets or it got like too involved in itself or whatever and it just got slowly perverted over time so you still have people like colin and cassandra who are like or even liliana who are like committed to this ideal um, but the mm. actual thing doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, and I, I think that makes, because you get personally invested um, in, in the characters and their development. And I hope that we get something similar with the Kuhn. The whole unreliability of the narrative and the historical information, like it really leads to some fascinating 
character development. Like, and I always think primarily of Cassandra because she's my favorite, but also because like we just see her wrestle with her faith so much in Inquisition. And that makes a character so much more real than like anything else you could do. That was completely incredible. You know, I did not know that she was part of the, I didn't know she did Star Wars stuff. I, mm -hmm. I, I have an audible like full of Star Wars books. I wonder how many of her books I have. Probably a few. That, that's I, I wonder. Did she do the, like that? Uh, the one where it goes back into like the beginning. I'm drifting now in, and I, I was like, "Ooh, I love Star Wars, guys." Sorry, I'm a big, big, big freaking Star Wars nerd. It's just something I love. And, well, me too. Me too. Yeah. Majorly. So she actually wrote the Padme trilogy novels oh. and she wrote the Ahsoka novel. Oh, okay. All right. It wasn't what I was thinking, but I, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. I was thinking of, uh, there was like a one that's from like the very beginning. Now, mind you, it wasn't written at the beginning, but it goes all the way back before Jedi were Jedi. Oh, they were the Jedi. Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah. Yes. I have read part of that. I haven't finished it. Um, yeah. but no, she didn't write that one. Oh, that was such a very nice book. I love that book. It was really, I like, I, I love it when you go further back into the lore than the lore actually realized yes. it could go. Me too. <laughs> Me um, too. So what made you guys, how'd you guys come up with the name for your guys' shows? Was it obviously Tom had some help with that because that lore cast floating in there. Right. Um, yeah. And it just kind of was like, what else do we call it? You know, we want to mm. talk about the lore of these shows. Well, first it started with Dragon Age. Um, and so we were like, we want to start talking about the lore of Dragon Age. We don't necessarily want to be a news podcast. We don't necessarily want to be a Bioware podcast. We want to be a Dragon Age lore podcast. And so we were like, Tom, like, you're the person who kind of came up with lore casts. Like, is it okay if we use this? And he was like, yeah, I mean, you might get a few people who are wondering like where I am, but I don't care if you use it. And so we're like, okay, we'll use it. And here we are. Uh, that's what we called the Assassin's Creed one too, because again, we didn't want to get into like Ubisoft news or um, just like a other topics in, in that universe. We just wanted to stick stick strictly to the lore so we felt lore cast was the the best fitting right fit. title yeah. yeah yeah well and i've i've found that that it seems to be instead of just being tom's thing it's kind of the network's thing now you know yes because he's I, like I, he's like the lore cast network yeah yeah and i think that we were the first with dragon age lore cast that was a not tom lore cast so i think i think we were the first one that did that uh but you're right now it's like we've got a lot of people over there who do lore casts who aren't tom i've got a few in the wings that i haven't put out but that's just that's, that's for another day okay <laughs> blizzard anyway <laughs> um it, well and then you had the uh dungeons and dragons lore cast which tom did start and then eventually he moved on and he moved that to almighty crit and um mr sergio and then i believe mm -hmm. almighty crit had to let go of that uh because he's doing nine million podcasts because that's what that guy does he's just yep. oh my god and then so i believe sergio's heading that up on his own now Last i think I you're right I, yeah. I do remember when he when tom gave that up and yeah. i remember i think yeah yeah that was around a little bit after we we joined the network so 
So now we're going to dig into your brain a little bit. Um, what do you think a, is a good question that new content creators fail to ask? And of course, mm -hmm. what would the answer to that question be? Yeah, I really think, I really think that the thing that content creators, new content creators fail to ask is who will your audience be? Because we think about who do we want our audience to be? We don't always think about who it will be. And I think there's a very slight difference between those two answers. You know, we we want our community, our audience to be filled with really awesome people who love us and want to support us and are just awesome and want all the same things we want to talk about, right? But that's not always the case. You know, you do have critics. You do have people who want you to do better. You have people who want you to talk about their favorite things and not your favorite things. And so I think that you really do have to listen to what your audience wants um, and not necessarily just always go with what you want, at least if you want to keep your audience, I think. Um, so like, for example, when we first started our Patreon for the Dragon Age lore cast, I did not want to do patron chats live um, because I didn't want to do a live show the way Tom does most of his shows live because I just didn't feel like I had the time to commit to one night per week, every week. Like I just didn't have a weeknight available to do that and I didn't want to give up my weekend. And so anyway, I just didn't feel like I had the time. And so I was like, I don't want to do a patron chat because that means I have to commit to something with people, et cetera. And so we created our Patreon and decided, well, we'll just re-record or we'll just record bonus episodes as our monthly patron episodes. And we had had a couple people say things like, oh, I really wish that I could come on the Dragon Age lore cast and talk about stuff like we do on the Mass Effect lore cast or um, similar stuff like that. And our Patreon wasn't growing. And I was just like, I think we need to change this. And so I brought it up to my husband, Austin, and he was like, I'm fine with changing it if if you feel like you have the time to do it, because at that time my job was pretty intensive. And so I was like, I think we can do it. And we changed to where our first Enchanter tier patrons get to come on the show once a month and talk about a topic they vote on. And so ever since then, our Patreon has probably tripled or quadrupled in the amount of people that we have on there. So I was like, well, that's a place I should have listened sooner to what the people actually wanted instead of just going with what I wanted. Hmm, cool. Yeah, we've just randomly grabbed a few people, uh, you know, that we have there and brought them on the show. We haven't even mm -hmm. done it. I don't think, yeah, Roundtable, we haven't even done a Patreon yet, which we will be. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we, we've been dragging our feet on that for, well, we dragged our feet on a lot of things because for mm -hmm. us, it was kind of a passion project where we just wanted to talk to each other about fallout stuff. And like, it just kind of evolved into being a kind of an animal. And now we're like, well, okay, maybe we should do this. Or, okay. Maybe we should do that. But it's like, we just wait for people to go. We want this. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> and so yeah, well, we're moving on to it. So yeah. Anyway, now I'm just doing this thing. And I really, I, this right here is totally a passion project for me as I wanted to help teach people how to be a content creator and make it easier for the new guy to, you know, not make the same mistakes I made or mm -hmm. the same mistakes you made or whatever, or just 
maybe never even get to that point where they're like, well, maybe, and sometimes find out maybe this isn't for you. You know, sometimes, mm. sometimes they've got to learn to learn. This is work. It's yep. not, it's not just turn it on and go like, you know, yeah, yeah you could do that, but you're not really going to go anywhere that way. Mm -hmm. you, yes. you, got, you know, you got to have a game plan. You got to have something going. You got to create a format for yourself and you can't just, flip the switch and start talking you know it's it's not a twitch stream <laughs> right no i think yeah. you really do have to create a brand like it's not is it, media today isn't what it was 10 or 15 years ago like when when podcasting first started it's it's not you can't just type something in and have a bunch of grammar errors and capitalization errors and think that people People are just automatically going to flock to you because you're the only one out there. Like the podcasting media is so saturated. You've really got to be able to distinguish yourself from the pack. And by just throwing it together is not the way that you do that. Mm -mm, no, no, definitely not. Um, so what do you got coming up next and where can people reach you? Yeah, so I, we always have weekly episodes of the Dragon Age and Assassin's Creed lore casts. We recently, in the past month or so, started a new podcast, which I didn't talk about it tonight because we don't have any accolades yet. We It's very new. Doesn't um, need accolades, but go ahead. <laughs> it's called The Inheritance Cycle Page by Page. It's a book club podcast. We actually release two episodes a week, but they're very short, 15 minutes or less. And so what we do there is we read through the Aragon series or the Inheritance Cycle series. It's its official name. And so we read one chapter every episode and we unpack it and all this kind of stuff. So I do this also with my husband, Austin, or Teacup, and he has read all of them before. It's his favorite book series and I'm reading them for the first time. My and wife so, reads those to my girls when they go to bed oh, at night. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, you'll have to listen to the show then. Yeah. Um, but I've never read them before. And so I always make funny predictions at the end. He always laughs at me because he, of course, knows what's coming and I do not. Um, <laughs> so it's a new show. We're just recently launching it. Um, but like I said, we do two week or two episodes a week on that one. And then our other two shows are weekly. So I can be found there. And then the other places I can be found are in the Robots Radio Discord server. We have channels for all of our podcasts, but also, and probably the the best thing you could do is to join our Discord server. It's called the Cups Podcasting and More server. And the Cups are me and my husband, Austin, because we go by Teacup and SheCup on the internet. And so we talk about all of our podcasts there and just generally share memes and fun, awesome stuff. So if you are looking for a new place to hang out, have a community, make friends, uh, definitely join the Discord server because it's my favorite place on the internet for sure. All right. Awesome. So I have one final question for you. What key takeaway would you like the listeners to get from your time here? Mm. I think the, the thing that I would really want to communicate is that it's okay if your numbers are not huge right from the get-go. Um, ours weren't either. But if you're consistent and you focus on building a community more than you focus on building numbers, I think that your podcast will grow more than you expect it to. Well, it obviously worked for you guys because you grew like a fire. Was a <laughs> yeah. And it's, yes. if, if, if not focusing on the numbers is what it takes, that <laughs> sounds like a plan. I, and I think the quality of your shows, that's what really makes you shine, I think. Thank you.
All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out my guest work and uh, keep creating. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue, and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.